Welcome back to Restless. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and we're coming to you straight out of Stanford, Connecticut, uh, where we are talking about our faith and the intersection of our faith and our life and our culture. And we actually have a couple of very special guests today. So we've got Patrick and we've got Sarah, uh, both of whom are still in high school. So we're actually going to kind of take our uh, take our young adult podcast and make it a little bit younger than young adult, because we realize that a lot of our listeners are actually people of all ages. Uh, we have middle-aged moms who listen. We've got some of our, our older parishioners that listen to me, and we've got some families that listen together. And, and uh, it's kind of interesting to talk about how faith is lived out in high school, because it's challenging, certainly in today's world. It's definitely different than it was 20, 30 years ago. Even, you know, probably since I was in high school, things have changed rather radically in today's world. And so I just want to have a couple of very serious disciples who are living their faith in high school kind of share about their own story and uh, what makes them on fire with love for Christ. So welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Excellent. So let's dive right in. Yeah. So first of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. So you have to be a little bit generic because you're in high school, so you can't say exactly what school you go to or what your last name is or what your address or social security. No, <laughs> any of that stuff. But, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, like, have you always been on fire with love for Christ? You always been Catholic, uh, a disciple? Like, what's been your faith journey? Um. All right. So I've always definitely had like a a drawing to the faith and I've always been sort of intrigued by it and wanted to learn more but never really did until I was in eighth grade. I was raised Catholic going to CCD on Sundays and going to church every so often. Um, <laughs> and then Let's it, be honest. <laughs> it wasn't really until eighth grade that I I started to try to follow Jesus more and I really felt just drawn to it like it it always felt like the truth to me. And so it was when I made my confirmation and I met Father Joe that um, I started to get m more into it and really realize that this is what I wanted to devote my life to. Beautiful. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so now you're a senior yes. in high school. So you've been four years of you know, really kind of four years, seriously yeah. pursuing the Lord and going yeah. off to some sort of college. Next yeah. Year. And I intend to study theology as my major in college. Oh, very well. cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So you changed it because last time we spoke, you were thinking about English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then I went to English and theology and now I'm, it's either theology or just, yeah, it's, I'm going for theology. Awesome. Maybe English as a minor, but theology number one. Cool. Because one of your hobbies is, uh, tell us about one of your great hobbies of writing. Oh, yes. I absolutely love writing. I do competitions and I just write for fun too. I love sitting in adoration and journaling. And that's one of the ways I feel like God speaks to me or I hope he can use my writing too to fulfill his will and to spread sort of his like good news. And so that's always been my passion is writing. And I want to write books one day, but... I want to write them with sort of like theological background. And so I thought mm. that um, in anything you study in college, you're going to have to write and you're going to get better at it. But I really want to learn more about my faith because I have sort of the belief right now, but I don't exactly have all the knowledge that I wish I did. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. I've read some of Sarah's stuff. It's really deeply profound. Thank she you. Does, she does a great job of painting the scene with all sorts of descriptive <laughs> words. <laughs> Thank you. So awesome. So Patrick... Yes. Tell us about you. So you're a sophomore? I'm a sophomore right now, yes. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always been kind of blessed with a community of Catholic, uh, very devout Catholic families and um, peers and everything like that. Um, I was raised Catholic. Um, but uh, not unlike Sarah, I w didn't really sort of uh, come really close to Jesus until middle school. 
Hmm. Uh, until then, I, you know, I knew my basic prayers, you know, old reliable, Our Father, Hail Mary, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, um, in seventh grade, I was told that there was a adoration in my uh, school chapel, and I didn't really know what adoration was. I had never been to it. I had never experienced it before. I thought you were homeschooled. I was homeschooled, which is so why... A school chapel in your house? <laughs> no, what? it was in seventh grade when... Um, when I started coming to my uh, current school. Uh, okay. Um, and yeah, so I was in adoration and suddenly the Lord just came to me and everything started to make sense. And now I really want to live Christ in my high school and in the rest of my life. That's awesome. It's awesome how adoration seems to be what God is raising up in today's world. What is it about adoration that struck both of you? And It's just so beautiful. You can look at God and you can be real close to him and he just feels like he's coming so personally with you, like he's right next to you the entire time. Wow. Yeah, it's something about, I feel like the silence in adoration, where it's not really guided prayer, you're not just reciting words you've memorized. It's really time to sit there and be with Jesus, not just talk to him or read about him, but really be with him. And Mm. I think that's what's so profoundly impactful. Definitely. Do you feel like the world is a pretty noisy place? It is, yeah. Definitely. So when you go to adoration, it's it's so packed away from all the chaos of ordinary life that it just, it sets you apart and it mm. puts you in a new mindset. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Adoration was a huge part of my own uh, deepening of faith too when I was in high school. Yeah. So that's, that's cool to hear. So I know Sarah, you still go to adoration pretty regularly. Yeah. I try to go, um, the two churches near me, one has it Tuesday and one has it Wednesday. So I try to make it at least once to once a week. Um, I find it when I, when I don't go, everything sort of gets messy again. And when I go, it just <laughs> helps me put my life back in perspective, back in order. And it's really, it's incredible. It's always surprising, you know, if I've been away for a while and then I come back and it's, how did I ever stop? Yeah. Yeah. Are you able to go at all, Patrick? Um, not really. I wish they would have more adoration at the school that I uh, went to, or I'm still going to actually. Um, cause I, I've been to it several times since I joined the school and it's, it's definitely been a big part of my faith journey. Do you have any parishes around you that have adoration? Uh, I haven't been to any adoration, but uh, the parish that I go to currently, um, I like very much. Oh, good. Yes. That's good to hear. So, you know, I know Sarah, so you're, Patrick, you're in a Catholic school, but Sarah, you're in a public school. Yes. So what are some of the challenges that both of you face? Because, I mean, even in a Catholic school, it's not like everyone's a disciple of Christ, you know? So what are the challenges that you do face in high school that are... Uh, that make it difficult to live your faith. I think definitely living your faith is very clearly the road less traveled and the one <laughs> people don't want to travel and they don't really approve of anybody else who who goes that way. And so it's interesting because people put a lot of labels on you, um, sort of assume your political views or assume you're intolerant or just brainwashed too, which is the most shocking one. Mm. And so I feel like I'm instantly put in a box before people get to know me being Catholic. Interesting. And so, and I I mean, I have to be careful what I say because... Do you feel like you kind of represent the Catholic Church? Yeah, I I feel like I represent the Catholic Church for sure. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But also, um, because many Christian views are not popular in like the mainstream society today that I feel like 
in certain situations, my grades could be impacted depending on what I write or what I say mm. in class. And that's the biggest battle is you want to be yourself and you want to stand firm in your beliefs, but you still do have to be a bit cautious. And that's, that's, that's interesting. been an interesting battle. But it is incredible when I'm fighting, you know, I feel like I'm fighting and I'm just trying to follow the Lord and trying to live my life as I feel God wants me to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I go home and I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. I wish I didn't <laughs> do that. What is going on? And then it's amazing when you hear from unexpected people in school that say, wow, it was amazing how you stood up for what you believed in or just seeing your example inspired me. And that is what reminds me that even though it's challenging and even though it's it's very unpopular, that we got to keep doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely right. I was I was reminded as you were talking um, just recently. I don't know if you saw the news last week. There was this big scandal in, in Greenwich. Greenwich. In Greenwich, it's I've seen that too. You know, not to quite to that level, but. So for those who are listening, in Greenwich, there was a a school administrator, I think, as an assistant principal, yes. who was caught on hidden camera mm-hmm. admitting that he would never hire Catholics. Yep. Uh, because oh. he said, he said they, are, they use that word brainwashed, brainwashed. you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're brainwashed and they're, they're not going to be as progressive as he wants. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine that the teachers that they're hiring, and, and he was a kind of an egregious example, but I think yeah. I'm sure there's more wow. of that mentality out there. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's For crazy. Sure. But even in a Catholic school, I'm sure you find some challenges. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, I've obviously been blessed with a more Catholic community than uh, maybe a public school or even most mainstream Catholic schools. I happen to go to a a very devout Catholic school where basically everything we do is uh, related to Jesus. Um, But, you know, sometimes, you know, you get home and you, uh, I sometimes have a lot of work to do, you know, so uh, I find it hard to sort of put God in my everyday life Mm. and, you know, sort of follow him, uh, which I think I could be better at. Is it hard to keep a prayer life with all your homework? I've definitely found that, especially in my first couple of years of going to school because... I had never gone to school before. Before that, I was homeschooled for much of my life. So, so all your schoolwork was home- homework. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so finding uh, time for God and sort of putting that aside um, is sometimes difficult. Sure, sure. Definitely. Yeah, I find my faith is, or my practicing of my faith is strongest in the summertime. Yeah. And then I sort of lose all my good habits, or not all my good habits, but a lot of my good habits in the school year. And it's it's so important to find ways to still bring God into everything you do. Definitely. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, like, when you're dealing with your peers, you know, do you find that the faith is kind of a hard sell? Like, like I mean, like, are people open to hearing about Christ or, or to following him? Or I think on the surface, it's very, it's very convenient and easy to say God does not exist. Um, I definitely find that people don't really want to be held accountable or responsible, especially as a teenager. I think it's sort of like we all kind of want to rebel. And so a lot of kids, it's just, it's too, it seems too hard of a life for them. And Mm. so it's much more convenient to say there's no God and that I don't want to believe. But then there are some kids, I've had students come to me saying, you know, I I admire your faith and I, I want that too. And it's, that's beautiful, but it's harder to find. It's definitely unexpected. That's interesting that you say it's, it's not that they don't believe, it's that they don't want to believe. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want the the um, responsibility, hmm. or they think of responsibility. Yeah. You know, it's more of a, a foundation. 
But do you see in in the hearts of you know your peers, is there a hunger for truth, a hunger for meaning in life, a hunger for love? I really think I've, I have seen that. I've seen, I have friends who, I have one right now, and he he wants to believe. He does want to believe, but he just can't, you know, which is sort of the opposite of what I was saying. Hmm. And that's a bit rarer that, but I think ultimately we all do want to know the truth in some part of us, but sometimes it is easier and convenient in the moment to push it aside and not seek for that. Yeah. Teenagers also uh, tend to want everything to sort of just make sense and go easily. Mm -hmm. But with the faith, there are certain things that, you know, we humans just can't really understand about God. And that's sometimes hard to grasp for uh, teenagers of of this day and age. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think when when trying to present the faith as as somebody who works with a lot of teenagers, you you try to present the beauty of it and and the excitement of it. But you're right that so many, it's it's just like, well, it's also comes with a real cost. Definitely. Definitely. You, know, I mean, you can't do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to go to church on Sundays yeah. Yeah. and pray and follow the teachings. And... Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's not, that's not easy. So in your, in your day-to-day life, do you find that you're surrounded though with, do you have some sort of a Catholic community? I what, definitely do. Whether at your school or outside your school? Yeah, I definitely do. I, my family is very devout and my, uh, my peers are always guiding me to the faith. Um, I've, uh, I've been blessed throughout my life with uh, people like that. That's and great. Even from my childhood, I have friends that I'm still friends with today because we go to Mass together, we pray together, um, we meet for religious events, and it's just so, it's such a blessing to have those people in your life. Is this from the homeschooling community? Yes, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, I would say I don't exactly have uh, a Catholic community like in my school or really in with my friends. I definitely have a strong faith base at home, which is beautiful. And I think that foundation is what allows me to to have hope and to keep going um, in the world. But in school, it's very, very limited. Mm. Um, I don't know a lot of Catholics. There, there aren't really a lot of Catholics in my school. Um, my very good friend, she is a devout Catholic. Um, she's great. She's my go-to whenever I have a problem or a question, I call her and she helps me work it out. But she's at Georgetown, uh, university right now. So she's kind of far away. (laughs) Um, but I definitely find, uh, sort of that I I don't want to say walking alone because I'm a hundred percent not alone, but sort of having that time where I, I am without sort of that support group helps me appreciate it more when I do find deeply Catholic people and Mm. helps me to really put my trust in the Lord. Um, And that's been, that's been strengthening. And I really think that I will find that Catholic group someday, but it's just been difficult so far. Well, yeah, when you get to college, I mean, yeah, if you go to a good, good Catholic college, definitely, you'll and find incredible support. Yeah, and so even even if I don't go to a Catholic college, my number one or my number one and two requirements for college is I need a Catholic church within walking distance, and I need a Catholic society at the school. So I've been looking into like the Newman societies and other just Catholic societies at my colleges. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important. Definitely. And, and that's, I mean, my parents met at a Newman society really? retreat. Yeah, so. That's a good place to meet a spouse. <laughs> Definitely. If that's, if that's what uh, God's calling you to. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that can be a real challenge. Like, like what do you do? I mean, you've, you seem to have it kind of just handed to you, Patrick, this like, did. Catholic community. I've done nothing to deserve such a, such a blessed life. But um, 
Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely people where I come from, where I live. Um, I used to play sports uh, where I live. And uh, did you really? Yes, I currently play music um, and take music lessons with several other kids from my area. Okay, what sports did you play? I play. I played a very obscure sport called Gaelic football. Oh, that's oh. yeah, Gaelic football. Yeah. Um, which Sarah just spent the summer in Ireland. Yeah, so probably saw yeah. A few. I oh. saw I saw some Gaelic football. That's great. Really? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it's a real that fun sport. That is obscure, sport. though. <laughs> it is. It's not very mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So I'm uh, in my area. I wasn't always surrounded by uh, so many Catholic peers. But I recently met uh, um, a friend of mine who uh, I found shares my beliefs and everything, and I just couldn't help being friends with him because he's. He's just always so joyful, and uh, when you meet someone like that, um, you just can't really stay away from him. That's the key, the joy. Yes. You know, Mother Teresa said the joy is the infallible sign of the presence of God. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's, that's so true. Yeah, because, I mean, when you look around your peers, do you see them joyful? Definitely. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. They're always— That's uh, a sign you have really good Catholic community around you. Yeah. I can, I can feel the Holy Spirit just uh, roaming the halls as, as I walk down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Great. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. No. <laughs> that, that may not be joyful. No, uh, not really. I mean, you you find people, though, and it is amazing the way they just like, you know, it's almost like they've got a little gold ring around them. When you see that joy of God, when I run into those people, it's rare, but, you know, sometimes you find it. And like Patrick said, you just got to hang on to them. Yeah. You know, you're just drawn to them. There's such a there's such a treasure that you can't really, you can't let them go. Just finding a mental image of hanging on to people as they're walking through. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't leave me. <laughs> I need your joy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there are you know, in talking about the challenges, I don't want to overplay the challenges because I think you know it's there are also you know so many great graces to being Definitely. you know being Catholic in high school. And I mean, do you think it's do you think it's legitimate to strive for holiness in high school? Because some may say, well, that's just, you know something for older people. You know. Yeah. Well, I think when we look at some of the greatest saints, um, a lot of them were were kids. Not even high schoolers. Some of them. Um, some of them were younger. But um, I've been thinking especially a lot about uh, Blessed Carlo Acutis. Oh, yeah. 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 Which and we prayed to him right before starting did. this episode. We <laughs> did. And that it was funny because I had that in my, my notes. Um, nice. <laughs> I had him because he's such a great example. He was 15 when he died, but he made the most out of the life he had, the short time God gave him. And there's so many saints that I probably don't even know the names of, but we think of you know, in past times in my history class right now, we're learning about St. Joan of Arc, who was just a teenager. She was, yeah. She was a teenager. Uh, we're not all called to do such dramatic <laughs> things, but I Fight think... Fight the British. <laughs> exactly. But I think that we can strive for holiness. And people often misinterpret holiness as perfection, which is not really possible. Yeah. But I feel like per, um, holiness is really a journey and it's sort of something you are always working on, always trying to improve upon. And I believe that is possible as a teenager. Definitely, yeah. So what does holiness look like as a teenager then? I think that if you show, uh, you know, faith, hope, and charity is the whole is the whole idea. If you have faith in God, um, you know, you gain hope. You can give that hope to others through the faith. Mm. It's charity, you know? So <laughs> good, good summation. Yeah. So if, yeah. So as, like we were talking about, if there, if 
you know, the joyfulness of being faithful and um, just the whole vibe that you get from being around a, a faithful person is, is really uh, uplifting. And awesome. I think it, you can inspire other people by being, uh, by being Catholic. Yeah. So I, I'll ask this question more to Patrick, although you may have an answer. <laughs> do you, I mean, especially since you are surrounded by a good Catholic community, do you, you know, can you think of like perhaps somebody in your life that you're like, man, that, that person's like holy, like as a teenager? Like. Definitely. Yeah. I, um, actually the friend that I met that I was just talking about, um, I altar serve with him okay. all the time, which I think is a great thing for teenagers to do. Um, because it just brings you literally closer to Christ, but then also, yeah. also mentally as well. But I can see that he's he was he's very um, he's very deeply invested in Christ, and he wants the best for all of his friends, including me. Mm. And there's several people at my school that are like that too. Uh, we all have mass together uh, uh, every week on Friday, and uh, if you look around, there's always a couple of people that you know really want to be there and really are invested in what's going on and know what's going on and why it's so important. And I think that's one of the best things that you can have in a, in a, in a peer. Yeah. Yeah. If they, I mean, if they make Christ the center of their life. Exactly. That's an incredible thing. Yeah. No, I mean, even with my sort of slimmer group of Catholic friends, <laughs> um, I have definitely seen people that I'm like, that is a future saint right there. And it's so inspiring to me and it makes me realize, you know, what I should strive for and that I can strive for that. And so I definitely have met a few people. I would say my friend I mentioned earlier, she's off in college. A lot of my friends are off in college. That, you know, the <laughs> challenge of being a senior. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, and, but even kids still in high school, I know right now I can think of a few uh, that I've met briefly, but been so impacted by or you know, have known for a while. So I was thinking uh, yesterday I had the privilege of having a bonfire back at at, uh, the house of a family that I'd known for many years. I actually went to college with uh, the dad and um, he and I were in seminary together for a couple of years and he dropped out and got married and uh, we've remained friends and everything. And uh, his oldest son one day, who's now 13, he was uh, just going through his dad's old stuff and he found his dad's old liturgy, the hours book for the breviary. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, dad, how do I pray this? Dad's like, I don't remember, son. <laughs> so, so when I the next time I went over, little Dominic is like, you know, can you teach me how to pray this? So I taught him how to pray the liturgy hours, and now he does it every day. That's beautiful. Uh, you know, five times a day, and I'm like, wow, that's, wow. that's really incredible. And, and yeah, and it's hard to hard to express just how much as as an older person, it is inspiring to see young people mm-hmm. striving for holiness. And so, like your your example impacts so many people. Definitely. So many people, and I don't. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people realize just how much their life is already impacting people, because it makes me believe. Well, first of all, it makes me believe that um, my ministry is not fruitless. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see like you know people that I I bring to adoration or I teach it in a class, and I'm like, you know, Jesus is real, and they're like, oh yeah, I guess he is. You know, and start living, <laughs> living for Jesus. It's like, okay, well, you know, this obviously God's grace is working, and it's mm-hmm. cool to see that. You know, definitely. So that must encourage you too when you look around and see peers that are seeking holiness. For definitely. sure. So don't ever stop being that light to others because other people are looking to you being yeah. like, you got to be holy. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point too. Do you feel, I mean, do you feel, I mean, that's kind of a lot to put on you. Do you feel pressure? Like I can't ever make a mistake or. 
definitely with the sort of like the very non-Christians, non-Catholics who are questioning it. Um, Like I said, I have one friend now and he's very, he wants to believe in God and he's very interested and I'm just kind of terrified to say, you know, but I feel I really, I always pray kind of as I'm talking to him, as we're having those conversations about the faith and just hope it's not, it's not my job to convert him. Only God can change hearts, but I want to think of myself as, you know, an instrument that God can use. And so it is quite a bit of pressure, but it's also such a gift. It's really such a gift that God uses us that way. Yeah, it definitely is. So, you know, in talking about some of the challenges, one of the big challenges that a lot of people find is social media. Do you guys do social media? Yes, I do. You do? I do. You do? Wow. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Are you? Yeah. Nice. How many followers? Uh, 700 something. 700? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I didn't know I was talking to a celebrity here. Oh Dang. my gosh. Um, I actually, I find that social media is often, you know, portrayed as very, very evil and kind of only evil. But I think that sometimes like when we have something that's so perceived as bad that we can bring some sort of good into it as well especially Mm. as catholics i follow a lot of catholic influencers that i think they post these beautiful things like cat my follow one the cradle catholic mom and she's just like (laughs) it's her homeschooling life with her kids or i follow somebody named a young catholic woman and she just beautiful things she's in college living out the faith and it's so inspiring to me and so my page i um sort of model clothes for certain companies. Um, Do you really? Yeah, they send me clothes and I portray them on my page and advertise it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, but I I love to take that sort of very secular thing and bring it back to God and bring it back to God. So my captions are usually, it's about religion or about some sort of philosophical, uplifting, hopeful message. And so it's it's powerful when I get messages from people that I barely knew in school or maybe don't even know at all. And they're saying like, what you wrote inspired me. I needed to hear that. And so I think social media definitely has a lot of evil within it, but that it can be used for good. So in some ways, that's your Catholic community. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I have more friends if, through Instagram. I follow all these priests and nuns. And they're like my <laughs> <Yeah>. friends <laughs> on Instagram, you know, then. Um, and that is a gift too, the gift of technology to communicate like that and reach people. I, I had no idea you were an influencer. This is just, this is well, I'm not really an influencer. 700. Uh, that's something. <laughs> Gosh, I, I don't have that many on Facebook. But <laughs> Facebook is for old people now. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's definitely a, uh, a very good thing in bringing the faith into something so mainstream like Instagram mm-hmm. because it reaches out to so many different people. Definitely. Do you have any social media, Patrick? I currently do not have any social media, but... Do you even have a phone? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it tough to have social media. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's I, your view on it then? Well, Do you, you want to have it or not really? Or So I've, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, teenagers... Uh, that use social media a whole lot. And I've read on several, this doesn't happen to everyone, but uh, I've read on several different uh, websites that it it shortens the attention span to mm. a very mm-hmm. a small amount, just sort of scrolling through videos or whatever it is. And I feel like that can be a bad thing uh, if uh, a kid or you know a teenager is 
very used to scrolling through these videos and shortening their attention span that going to mass seems like uh, a waste of their time or if it's wow. just like a boring thing. And I've definitely seen seen that happen with a lot of different uh, kids that I know. That's a great point. That is. I think I think that's really the case with any like sort of gift God gives us um, is that it can be used for good, but then it also can be used for evil or definitely. it can just influence us in such a bad way. Yeah. That's a really good point though. You know, it's interesting you you mentioned that um, this afternoon I was teaching an eighth grade class at a, at a local Catholic school and one of the eighth graders asked uh, after class, she's like, you know, if you had to just sum up the church's teaching on homosexuality in one sentence, what would it be? And I said, well, you can't sum it up in one sentence because it's part of a much bigger worldview. You know, have to understand that God created the world, created it good, created humanity good, marriage for a purpose and, and all of this stuff. She's like, well, yeah, but I just have like 140 characters to put it in. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can't. That's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just like... So I think yeah. your point's very valid, Patrick. Yeah. But. I mean, I know kids that can't even sit through a whole movie, like watch a whole movie from beginning to end wow. without like, you know, looking for something else to do. Yeah, So we've all become squirrels. Exactly. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. It's definitely... It, so are you never going to get it then in the future? Or? Um, I don't know. My sister has Instagram. And she hasn't become uh, a squirrel. A squirrel. So, <laughs> as far as I know, she's at college right now. But uh, um, I'm I'm thinking about it. Well, I think I think that whole Spider-Man saying is so true. Yeah. Come on, what is it? With great power comes great responsibility. Exactly right. So, so the true. power of the technology is huge, mm -hmm. but who can wield it well? For sure. You know? For yeah. sure. You need you need the grace of God to do that. Yeah. If you're putting God into social media then it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. If you're using it to entertain you and it's all for yourself instead of spreading the love of uh, of Jesus to others, then consider not having it anymore. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, you want to bring God into social media and don't make social media your God. You know? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a really good point. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and so first we need to know the love of Christ before we share it. So mm -hmm. we got to be deeply grounded in him. So you can tune in next time. We're going to have a sequel to this where we ask more questions to Sarah and Patrick. But tune in next time. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM and 103.5 FM, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time. God bless you.